everybody to the 18th episode of buzz talk i'm your host kevin henry i am here with my lovely friend matthew violet also a rhode island native he's living out in seattle so definitely can give us a different perspective uh first time guest hopefully he should be on here a lot more but uh i'm excited today is Wednesday, October 5th. It's been a long time since we've been with you guys and getting out this content, but uh, I thought it was a good time to get back a little later than I wanted to, but nonetheless, we're still here. Uh, I think we're, we're better than ever. And there's been a lot that's transpired. I'm not going to hit on all of it today, but obviously the NFL is something we'll dive into uh, but without further ado, I, I just want to introduce Matt um, and get, kind of go from there. Kevin, it is a huge honor to be here. Very excited to be on The Buzz. Um, as some of the Buzz listeners might know, I made some of the Buzz theme music in the past and you know, going to keep hitting on that. Um, but super excited to be here, excited to spend some time with you, talk about some stuff that you like, stop that, talk about some stuff that I like. And um just without further ado, really looking forward to getting started. So thanks yeah. again. And Matt, full disclosure, isn't the biggest sports guy, um, but he he definitely enjoys watching them. Uh, he definitely knows what's going on, but I thought he'd he'd bring a good and unique perspective. Uh, Matt, what are you most excited about about being on today and potentially in the future? I'm just excited to, I think in the context of sports, it's always, you're, you're pretty much my go-to source of sports. And so excited to just kind of carry out those conversations more. And there's a lot of things, you know, I'm curious about because sports is such a huge part of not only um, the American way, but also just around the world there, you know, they, they have a, a lot bigger impact on our world than I think sometimes we give them credit for. Sometimes we think about them as, Oh, just, you know, sports. So I'm excited to, um, you know, ask you some questions about things I'm curious about. Yeah. And obviously sports, uh, brings a lot of people together, but it's also a good way to, to live life in some aspects, obviously with, with team sports, I try to emulate how, uh, teams work together. I mean, I'm, a very avid Patriots fan and I've tried to mold my life sort of around the, the Tom Brady era Patriots, not that the Patriots right now are, are the worst thing that's happened. Uh, obviously us as Boston sports fans, we've been spoiled. So uh, we're definitely uh, getting hit like the rest of them, but I still don't expect anything less. I will be snobby about it. That's just in my DNA, but uh, there, there's a few things I wanted to, to touch on today. Uh, we haven't recorded since May, so I wanted to get back on here and briefly touch on the Boston Red Sox disappointing season. Um, they 
had a lot of promise. They weren't cheap this offseason. A lot of people said that they were, but when you look back on it, they signed Trevor Story to, I think, $230 million deal, um, and they shored up the infield, but uh, we lacked in many other departments, such as our bullpen and our outfield. I mean, we still feel the effects from the Mookie Betts trade. Alex Verdugo's a, a decent average outfielder, not great. Uh, and we, we threw up a lot of new talent that really wasn't ready. Uh, those such as Jason Duran, Bobby Dalback, who had good promise at the beginning of the year, but didn't really come into fruition. Um, and really two things that need to happen this offseason, first off and foremost, is not only re-signing Bogarts because his deal is up at the end of this season. Um, he was debatably our best player. Not debatably, he was. Uh, 305, 305 hitter, 14 homers, 69 RBIs, which home runs and RBIs are low. But what he what he brings to the team is much more than what's on the stat sheet, and that's becoming a leader. You know, he was there as a rookie in the 2013 World Series team. And if you don't get that deal done um, – you're going to lose a lot of trust from the Boston sports fan base. And uh, I feel like as a fan, the team hears you and they will make moves to the front office if need be. And Bloom, I feel like is riding the coattails of an really a team that wasn't that great, making it to an ALCS last year. Uh, but it's the next best thing here in Boston and you can't make it with just an ALCS loss. We expect championships or bust. Would you not agree? So I have a couple questions. Uh, one is about tell fill me a little, fill me in a little bit um, about what's happened recently because didn't the Red Sox win the world series 2017, 2018. Uh, it was 2018 was the last time they did go to the world series. So, Wait, uh, is that when they lost or not? No, they, they've won. So every, they won, right? Yeah. Yeah, they did win. So, so what, they, what happened since then? It's 2022. It's not that far. Did you know did people get old? We traded. What what went on there? Um, so obviously the big thing was Mookie Betts getting traded. Mm-hmm. Um to the Dodgers or no? Correct. Mookie Betts, mm-hmm. David Price. We got Alex Verdugo, Connor Wong, um, and Jeter Downs. Downs and Wong, uh, who have both came up into the uh, Red Sox team, so the MLB, but they're they're really farm players. Maybe Wong can make himself a backup catcher, um, but we didn't get much out of that. And uh, two years ago, they brought in a new uh, head of baseball operations, Heim Bloom. He was a, a big shot over in Tampa Bay, very analytical guy, um, definitely wanted – seemed like ownership wanted to bring in a guy who could be very analytical, save them money and win baseball games. I mean, that's ultimately what Boston is all about, not just the Red Sox, obviously. And last year they caught lightning in a bottle. They went to the ALCS. They really weren't that talented, but this year, um, you know, injuries definitely played a part, but, uh, it, it was a, a, a overall failure. I mean, 76 and 84. So you lost a lot of talent. Um, you couldn't even replace the attrition that you had. 
And ultimately you're looking at a team now who is over the luxury tax. So when basically you get tax, if you go over a certain threshold of spending um, and you can only do it, I believe for two or three years, I could be wrong on that, but. I was going to say, yeah, who cares? Cause you know, you have these um, billionaire GM or billionaire owners, like they don't care if they get taxed. So you do, there is a penalty for yeah, consistent, it, it, consistently yeah. being over the limit. It, it, exactly. So um, basically the Red Sox are a high, like top five payroll and they're last in their division, which was a very good division. Um, and outside of June this year, the Red Sox have been debatably one of the worst teams in baseball. And that just, that never cuts it in this kind of market with these kinds of fans. So where it went wrong to answer your question the long way uh, just couldn't fill talent, couldn't get it all together. Baseball has so many different components and, uh, it's always going to fall back on baseball. You know, the director of operations, that's just what it comes down to. Alex Cora came back and, um, you know, it was not a, he had success last year, but this year it has not gone that way at all. So I got two things popping into my head. So one, I'm curious, I was thinking about this earlier, Talk to me a little bit about, because this is one thing about baseball that always fascinates me. Talk to me a little bit about good coaches, bad players, or maybe, you know, they're not bad. They're all professionals, but, you know, so-so players, so-so players. I don't know what I just said. Good coaches, so-so players, mm-hmm. so-so coach, good players. Um, talk to me a little bit about that because I'm, and, how, and where the Red Sox fall into one of those categories. Because one thing that blows my mind is that, Am I right in saying Aaron Judge gets paid more than the entire Oakland A's team? Is that a correct statement? Uh, without his contract extension, I mean, it's definitely close. Or, or, or Shohei or whoever. There is, is it, does a player yeah. exist so in MLB that they're gets all, paid more than an entire other team's payroll? Pretty, pretty much. Um, there's two and players. To me, you know, my team, you know, we're Greek. We're, we're Harry yep. Greek guys. We are. Me, we are. If you, if you are spending that much on, uh, 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 you know, these – allegedly talented players and this this team that is getting paid less as a whole than one of your players is even competing with you like obviously it's something like baseball mm-hmm. there's so much um i want to say luck but you know it's a it's a numbers game it's a it it's is. a it's not I, it almost reminds me of hockey where it's like i find it less predictable than mm-hmm. something like a football or something like a, a, right. a, a basketball like it's, it's you know you could probably pick four teams right nba teams right now and and one of those are going to be the champion you know the warriors yep. Celtics, etc but um but talk to me a little bit about where the red Sox poorly coach good talent sounds like you said young maybe not not so great talent but maybe some good management because what's going on there yeah i i think there's so the, the money's lot, there you know the money's there that's a big it, big market after new york exactly there's two types of owners dave dombrowski who did not care about money, did not care about the farm system. He was a win now. And he depleted that was our, our, That was ours, the Red Sox? Yes. When we, in 2018, when we won a World Series, he came in and he's notorious for it. So he came in, spent a bunch of money, traded away a bunch of assets in the farm system, ultimately won a World Series, which in my eyes as a fan is worth it because I want to win at the highest level always. And maybe you trickle down a year or two, and then you build yourself back up. I really feel like the main core of why the Red Sox are where they are right now. I don't think it's because of the coach. I think you have a great player coach. I think 
where they are right now is in not doing so hot. Right. I, I think the director of baseball operations tried to, he didn't really go all in and it's a big thing during the deadline where you buy and sell and we stayed stagnant. We actually bought at the trade deadline more than we sold. Um, and they were moves that didn't make sense. We sent our, our catcher Christian Vasquez to Houston, but we also brought in two other players, Eric Hosmer, Tommy Pham, notably. And at that point you would think, well, wouldn't you just keep that catcher and try to make, make do with what you have. But it, the biggest thing is Red Sox fans don't really know the direction that Heim Bloom is going. And that's not where we want to be. We want to know that you're either saving to buy next year or you are buying for next year. And we we're kind of in the middle of that. Heim Bloom replaced this big spender guy. I, I don't Correct. know what his name was. Yeah. David Dombrowski. Correct. Tell me a little bit about the responsibility of the organization to be transparent about these sort of things to the team. Cause it makes you sound you're, the way you're speaking about it. Sounds like this Heim Bloom fella is, is kind of making some decisions and not maybe publicly sharing why he's making those. And clearly we had a not so good season. So people are going to say, Hey, why are you making these decisions? Yeah. I think a big problem is disconnect from the, the coaches and to the upper management staff, the GM and exec staff. I think that's an issue. I think with any organization, it always starts from the top down, right? So there there's that disconnect and you can tell by just hearing Alex Cora speak in interviews and it essentially, that's the issue is no one, I don't think the team knows what the front office is doing. Now, maybe they do. We're, we're not obviously, in day-to-day operations at all, we can just cry as fans. But when you actually genuinely listen and have passion for these sports and these teams, like you can tell when something's off and it seems like something was off. And also Alex Cora doesn't want to play for, doesn't want to coach for a bad team, a team that's not willing to fully invest into the talent on the field he's not a rebuilding coach. He's, he wants to win and coach talent and achieve greatness. That's an interesting point. And, and let me know if you don't want to talk baseball anymore, because I have some uh, more things to say about baseball, but that what you just said struck me in a certain way, because I feel like the coach, the responsibility of the coaches is obviously to make best of what you have and to, and to try to make that balance of being future facing you know, let's try to win a bunch of championships in the next decade versus, Hey, let's win one right now. Let's give the people what they want. And so I find it interesting that you, I didn't, I didn't realize I've never thought about a category or a profile, if you will, of a coach. That's interesting. You said, I didn't, I, I never have heard the thing before. I've never heard anyone say before he's not a rebuilding coach. Right. Well, to me. well, he, he, he's there. I feel to like win. he's a coach and he should, yeah. he should, I feel like all coaches are both win now and rebuilding coaches at the same time because it's their responsibility to, to want to, you know, promote the longevity of the success in the organization. Right. So basically responsibilities to clear it up for you is the head of baseball operations, Heimblum is responsible for acquiring talent, selling talent, constructing the roster. Maybe he, you know, get like takes, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He 
he takes uh, notice, not notice, I, I have a brain fart here, but he lets the coach have suggestions, but ultimately the coach's responsibilities is to coach the baseball team and coach his players. And that's what it comes down to, making the right moves. And Alex Cora is a player first coach, meaning he's been a player in the major league baseball and he know and he's been around these guys for a long a decent amount of time so you know he's going to feel for his players more than he can for his front office now there's we won't get into this but there's talks that he eventually he does want to get into upper management of baseball and pull the strings at an executive level but right now he's getting paid to do a certain job and if he's getting paid to do a certain job he wants to do it at a high level and not be losing and um and that's really what it is. But I do want to move on into talking about what's more current. Uh, the Red Sox just make me sad. And I kind of gave up <laughs> with, on them uh, in July. Uh, it's like the early half of our friendship. It, exactly. <laughs> Makes me sad. <laughs> Anyways, I, I wanted to start here with the New England Patriots. And we're four games in. We're one in three. The schedule wasn't the most favorable start. Um, from my, you know, from my perspective, it sounds like we easily could have been three and one. It's been a very uncharacteristic Patriots team in the fact that they're worst in the league in turnovers, and that's not something Bill Belichick has really ever done. I think they have the most turnovers in the first four games as in a Bel- on a Belichick coach team. So. That's something that's definitely alarming, but it's a younger team. Uh, it's a lot different from last year. There's not as many veterans. Um, you're kind of hoping Mac Jones takes a big step and, you know, instead of just being a game manager, he kind of wins you football games or puts you in better positions to win a football game. He did not look great to start. He hasn't looked awful, but he's turned the ball over a lot. He's thrown interceptions. He's thrown passes that, that haven't looked good essentially. So, uh, but there's also good things to take away. And I think last game at the end of the day was a loss. They lost to the Packers 27, 24 in overtime to Aaron Rodgers, And they were very conservative. Brian Hoyer, their backup started, got hurt. And Bailey Zappi, a rookie who's only been in the NFL for three, four months, uh, got thrown in, in the, after the second drive and he looked poised. He actually looked really good. He has a great arm. Uh, he settled in even through a touchdown pass. Um, I heard Belichick called him decent, which in Belichick's mind is uh, or words is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. It, it's been interesting. He's, he's been very un Belichickian. And what I mean by that is he's given a lot of praise to his players. And I think that shows you that they are a young team. You know, if, if the team was doing well all the time, he would critique them more because, you know, the a hungry dog runs faster, right? So not to call you a liar, but I did a quick, uh, you know, Joe Rogan, Jamie action, look some stuff up. And the Patriots are actually the third oldest team in the NFL. Wow. It feels so maybe, younger. Maybe, they they maybe, look uh, faster. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not a, and you never know, like, you know, you, you cut, like, for example, the bucks, you cut Tom, like, or right. not cut Tom, Tom retires. That's going to drop you. He's 45. That's going to be a huge skew. Right. So maybe we had uh some old, old heads around there, but no, I just thought that was interesting. Right. But then again, the youngest team 
there's a little bit of difference. The oldest team is Pat's or the oldest team is the Bucks out with Tom at 27.1 average age. The youngest team is Browns at 25. So I'm curious about how big that two year difference, you know, really matters. Yeah. That's uh that's actually just a little aside. No, that's super, that's just a super good point. I, and I guess it makes sense because we have Matt Slater, we have Devin McCourty, um, you know, we have our fair share of veterans for sure. It just feels maybe in my, maybe head, they're not feeling, maybe not filling that first, uh, because of what could be happening is maybe they're not filling that first line. You well, know, you watch the game. Yeah. And you're losing, you know, you really only have three to four Patriots that have been with this team pre, you know, with Tom Brady. And that means something because that team was led a lot differently at the helm, at least offensively. And Tom Brady just obviously spreads his his aura across the whole team. <laughs> a lot of words you could use there. I'm interested in you kind of had this double, you know, Twin Towers, Bill leading, Tom leading, probably leading together, probably, you know, each sprinkling their own special sauce. Now you have just Bill at the helm. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Mac isn't um, Mac, whether it's Brian, whether it's Bailey, um, isn't spreading that same aura like you're mentioning as Tom. Do you think that it's now a, a primarily Bill-led team, or do you think you know Devin McCourty's um, is it Devin Devin still? Because there's the twins, and one of them retired, right? Yeah, yeah. So Devin is, and I'll I'll answer. I mean, it was always Bill's coach team, but Tom just had more of an impact. Um, <coughs> Tom had more of an impact on. Um, just players. I mean, he, you know, he would be playing with people that were watching him as a kid, you know, like they were in middle school and now he's playing with people that weren't even born yet before, you know, when he started playing. So yeah, actually insane thing to think about. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, well, I guess what I'm saying is you had these two huge leading forces the past right. 20 years in the Pats. Now you primarily have one and I'm sure, you know, some of the other vets have, have yep. tried to bridge that gap for bill as the player leader. Yeah, but um, maybe that's maybe a little bit what you mean by young. You have to naturally think they're young when you go from having a 43, 42 year old. I know he's about 45 now, but 42, 43 on the Pats QB leading your team. You're we watching TV and now you watch TV. And I mean, the kids are younger than us. leading Right. The team, the, right. The QB. Which which is sad. Um, not not too much younger, but but they're younger. <laughs> yeah, it's it's also just been a lot of coaches under him have left and. Uh, we lost jo- uh, Josh McDaniels this past off season, head coach of the Raiders that are actually off to a, not a great start. They're one and three, but um, you know, when you're so good for so long, people want the coaches under you, you know, and some have retired. So it's just that well-oiled machine has some chinks in its armor and, you know, Bill's brought back two of his longer tenured coaches, Matt Patricia, who actually called a great game. And the production from Bailey Zappi actually kind of goes, it looks good on the coaching more than anything because um, they, they did a good scheme for him. Although it was conservative, they kept, you know, this kid who, like I said, hasn't been in the NFL for more than three, four months you know, was in a game with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and had a chance to win it. A, a tight game. Yeah, not not a low-pressure garbage time game. Exactly. And, you know, it goes back to Baltimore last week where 
we turn the ball over three times and Nelson Aguilar fumbles when we're driving down the field in the fourth quarter when we have a chance to take the lead. Uh, you know, game one in Miami was was tough because we always play bad in Miami and the Dolphins are a very new look team. They're a lot faster and we just never do well in Miami as it is, whether it's in the beginning or end of the year. So, and then obviously week two, we, we beat Pittsburgh. So there's a lot of good things. Like since there is that extra 17th game, like it's a long season and we're going on a run here where we're not playing great teams. Now, obviously Mac Jones, we don't know when he'll be back, but it's not looking promising usually with high ankle sprains, just from research I've done, it's usually four to six weeks. And you know, you're going on a stretch here where you're going to be playing not as great teams coming up. I mean, you're favored this week at home against the Lions. You then go to Cleveland. Then you're home against the Bears. You go to the Jets. You're home against the Colts. And then you're home against the Jets. So these six, these next six weeks are really going to show, you know, demonstrate what this team is because they're not you know the these teams aren't it's not a gauntlet now the the lions have been playing super well and jared goff low-key is in an mvp conversation and he's looked better than stafford who got traded for uh in los angeles so this is a high explosive offense that's coming in and our defense has looked decent, but not perfect. So these next six games are real, you know, after that, you're, you're, it's not going to get any easier. And this is what this kind of dictates the season these next six weeks, in my opinion. Tell me a little bit about Jack Jones. Wow. I love the research. Uh, this kid, this kid's getting it. It's his first. I, just, uh, I love that. I'm looking at uh, some of the Patriots pages, and I love that he exists. Given Mac Jones is the face of the team, got um, can't forget about Jack Jones. Yeah, I believe. Jack, not, not to not, not to uh, pick your brain. Jack Jones, is he relevant at all? Um, I want to say he's. What he's number is he? Uh, I don't know, but he's a cornerback from Arizona State. Jack Jones. Is he a rookie? By John. Is he a rookie? Yeah, it looks like he, it looks like he was a pick. So he pick before pick before Bailey. Yeah, so I believe he was, and I I'm pretty sure he had he's actually came into his own. So he had a, a pick six against Aaron Rodgers last week, which I think has only happened. It just never happens, especially in Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers is notorious for not throwing interceptions. Uh, he also had a fumble recovery, and he he just. He's looked really good and looks very promising for the future. So that's what I have to say on Jack Jones. I, I'm starting to like this guy. I'm on the Jack Jones stream. Jackie. But <laughs> yes, no, no. Follow up with what you said, though. It's also an important stretch for the fans in the sense where, you know, because did we, did we, um, so what, Tom left 2019. So what, we've had two Correct. seasons, Tomless? Two uh, Tomless seasons? This would be our third, actually. Okay, our third. Yeah, so our this is our Mac third. Mac Jones yeah, we second made, year, yep. And, 
did we make the playoffs both the last two seasons still? So Cam Newton took over and that was a wretched, mm. uh, I remember Cam, we didn't, right. We went like eight and eight or something. Yeah. Nine and seven. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a tough year. Um, he got COVID in that year. I think we finished seven and nine. Um, yeah. if I stand correct. And then Mac Jones came in last year, won the job. We cut Cam at the beginning of the year. And from there, uh, we actually got a playoff berth. So I, I think we went 10 and seven. I, I could be wrong. Nine and eight. Well, all, all that to say, cause there's still a little bit of hope in that seven to nine season, but like you said, 17 games and we have one, two, three, four, five, six games ahead of us that, yeah, the teams, at least from my knowledge, don't look, you know, overly hot. Um, so it could be a, a good kind of lifeline we're getting thrown, but it's also, we haven't seen a Patriots fan base, we haven't seen how they react, um, you know, in a team in a, for a team support a team that is, you know, a three and 14, that is a two and two right. since our parents, you know, since our parents, you know, yeah. nineties, the eighties, like, so I'm interested to see, we obviously hope that never happens. Um, but it'll be interesting. It'll be like you were mentioning just a, it's going to be a different decade for the Patriots. Oh, absolutely. And you know, we've just, been... all good things come to an end and we'll see if Bill can squeeze out more miracles. Right. And Fortunately, with Bill, I don't think you know your your flat line really is six, seven wins. Probably, that's kind of what we're expecting this year. You know, if we we haven't looked terrible though, like I would not be surprised if we ended up with nine, ten wins. However, starting one and three, it puts you in a hole, and you know execution just has to be that much better. And we didn't execute at the end of last week's game when it mattered. Same thing with Baltimore. And our offense couldn't get started in Miami. We executed when it mattered in Pittsburgh, and it was a close game. So, you know, our offense before Mac got hurt in that Ravens game looked probably as best as it has. So that was definitely promising. And it's also a, a little different of an offense than last year. So that's kind of where it comes down to. Um, I want to hit on our last kind of segment here, just kind of talk about the NFL as a whole um yeah, kind of just comment go ahead so I'm, I'm just looking at the the standings right now and i guess you you might be able to say if you actually probably could be able to say for both conferences but we've talked a little bit about one thing that you know i find more interesting or that i think is exciting for everybody um you know just like everyone loves you love a dynasty when you're part of the dynasty you don't like it when uh you Correct. know you're not in the club but absolutely i mean i'm looking at the the what would you call it? The conference standings for the AFC. And we see dolphins, hot bills, hot Jaguars, hot Browns, Bengals, hot. Like I'm, I'm more noticing the Steelers, the Patriots, the Colts. I'll even bring up the Colts, even though mm -hmm. maybe they haven't been all that relevant the past, you know, four or five years. The, you know, the, the, the boys are at the bottom now and that's a, the lead. It's, it's, I think it's exciting to see these new faces. I'll obviously want to see the pats up top, but, um, I think it's a, it's a, like I kind of different decade for the Pats, different decade for the NFL that correct me if I'm wrong has largely been kind of dominated by the same group of guys for the past 15 years. Yep. Yeah. It's, I mean, we had the, we had the jets were hot with Mark Sanchez for a little bit. I remember they beat us. I remember watching that. Yeah, like two that. straight AFC championships. Yeah. I remember um, Broncos had their Peyton uh, stand yep. there hot for a little bit, but yep. you know, I, 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 when I think about good football teams and I think about playing, you know, Madden 07, who was I picking? I was picking the Colts. <laughs> I was picking the Steelers. I was picking right. the Patriots. And those teams are the bottom five right now. Right, yeah. The best, I think, why you're seeing 
a lot more parity is there's a lot more talented, not just players, but quarterbacks specifically. I mean, Trevor Lawrence basically saved the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, organization. Um, you, you have Zach Wilson, you have Josh Allen, and, you know, he's been doing it for a little more, but you have all of these talented quarterbacks coming into the NFL and they're picking up on it quick and they're just, you know, your team is only going to go as far as your quarterback in most cases, or, you know, it'll supplement a bad, a bad team, whether it's defensively or talent around him. So that's really, I mean, the Bengals are good because Joe Burrow came in and kind of added um, a swagger and a toughness about them. Now, obviously some team, you know, every team's different. Some teams have drafted well, some teams have, you know, added free agents, you know, the, the AFC West is a crazy division. I mean, the chiefs are still at the helm, but you still have Josh Herbert, younger quarterback. He's going to be great for years with the chargers, Russell Wilson going there with Denver. And they've been a very underwhelming team, but it's still early. Uh, the Raiders got Devonte Adams, who was uh, college teammates with Derek Carr. So um, and the Browns are two and two. If they can stay afloat until week twelve, Car, Carr's gone now, though, right? Uh, Derek Carr, no, he's on the Raiders. <clears throat> oh, I'm thinking of uh, Jared Goff. Those, yeah, those no, Jared. So Jared three. Goff and the Lions, they might be one and three, but um, you know, you say they look hot. Yeah, they their offense. I mean, they're putting up a hundred. They put up 140 points in in four games, and. I mean, that's what it comes down to. There's just a lot of great young quarterbacks, um, you know, Kyler Murray with the Cardinals. So, uh, you know, with Russell Wilson and the Broncos being a disappointment, there also comes with, on the other side of that, Geno Smith leading the Seahawks to a two and two record. That whole division is two and two in the NFC West, but they were supposed to be bottom of the barrel. And if Geno Smith can kind of do what he's doing, they actually have a real chance to make noise in the NFC, not to, to say they'll win the division, but you know, that's something that really surprised me. And those NFL rules are still the same. Cause I know they had changed in the NBA where you can be seven and 10. It would be this year because it's 17 games. You can still make the playoffs. It's not a top. It's not a clean top seven. No. So, so like, division- you know, NBA doesn't NBA divisions don't matter anymore. Well, so this is how it works now. The top four teams are the division winners. And then there's three wild card teams now. So only one team in each conference gets a bye. So they changed that along with adding a 17th game, which is better product, more playoff games for the NFL. Personally, as a, yeah, it's all, yeah, of course. But personally as a selfish fan um, and not worrying about people's bodies and the long-term effect <laughs> on things. Uh, it's awesome. And, you know, it, it's just, it's been a really interesting start to the season and I think it's just going to get crazier. Uh, it's the best reality TV, you know, reality TV <laughs> show you can get, you know, so tell me what else we have a couple more minutes. Do you want to wrap up anything or what, or what? Uh, you know, I just, uh, closing. Should we, do, should, we do, should we throw out our predictions or what? Yeah. I mean, I kind of want to, 
we're, we're getting back into the swing of things. So this is really more of a pilot. I just want to add a, a closing remark that, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to just keep gradually going at things with this podcast. I think uh, it's got a pretty solid identity as it is right now, but we definitely want to grow eventually. And I'm excited. It's, it's good to be back and, and have some consistency. So uh, I want to thank you for being on here. Um, one hopefully. week, bud. You ain't consistent. One week. Yeah, well, that's true. But I'm just saying that's that's where we want to be. So uh, thank you to Matt. Thank you to all you guys. Go Pats. Um, we'll see you next week. Go Pats, baby. Thank you, Kev. Yep. Oh, buzz, buzz, buzzity taco. We're buzzing over here and we're talking over there. Buzz taco, talkity buzz. Oh, buzz, buzz, buzz. Oh, talkity talk. Buzz, talkity talk. Buzz, 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 talkity talk, talk, buzz. Talk, talk, talkity buzz. Buzz, talkity buzz. buzz.